Hello and welcome to Letters Home. I'm your host, George Leach. This is episode 10. Episode 10 marks the first entry of letters taking place in 1943. First letter is written January 1st, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Hello, softy. I received your letter this morning, the first letter in a week from home, and I was glad to hear that all is okay. So the fruit arrived on Christmas Day, eh? I expected it to be home before then, but better late than never. How does Daddy like Florida grapefruit? I wonder how come you didn't get any letters about the arrival of the Christmas presents you sent me. I wrote two pages to Mom, and a separate letter to Helen, and two more since then. I guess they'll show up in time. We got paid yesterday, so I'll enclose some dough in this letter. Last night, we went to town to celebrate New Year's, and had a pretty nice time, except there were too many drunks around. Not me, though. All I had was two glasses of wine. We were in a beer garden when New Year's came. They sure didn't make a lot of racket. Confetti and streamers were flying, horns were blowing, and everybody was happy. But we had to come back to camp that same night. So I got in at about 2 o'clock. Then they woke us up at 5.30 for Reveille. After that, we went back to sleep till 8. We then fell out for first aid lessons. But nobody came, so we were dismissed. It is now 10 a.m. So you put up the tree, eh? Well, it's okay with me. I suppose you know that Butch and Lee Tarek saw me by now. He said he should call Mom up as soon as he got home. Boy, was I surprised to see him when he walked into my barrack. I nearly fell over. Then, I took the afternoon off and went to town with him. I had a very nice time. We went fishing for a couple of hours, but all I caught was a crab. They had a swell meal cooked up for us when we got back. Boy, that was really a pleasant surprise. Boy, that was really a swell surprise, him coming down here. I don't know how long I'll be here yet. I should be gone soon, though. Maybe this Sunday. All this week, we've been getting first aid lectures and commando training. In that training, we run fast and all of a sudden we dive into the dirt, turn over a couple of times. Boy, did we ever get dirty. All you could see was white eyeballs and white teeth when they smiled. We also are learning how to scout and how to camouflage ourselves. Well, Mom, let's not have any more of that softy stuff. You know I didn't bring you up that way. I got a box of candy from Franus. Also a dollar from Father Pisa. So long. Your son, George. P.S. Note the change in squadron number, 639. Give John and Paul a dollar apiece from me. On January 4th, 1943, Gigi wrote a letter to his brother John. Here it is. Dear John, received your long letter on our Christmas Eve, just as I was getting ready to go to Miami. I just had time to read it and take that much needed dollar bill. Thanks, John, old man. That came in very handy, no lie. I sort of miscalculated on my money situation this last pay, so I'll have to take it very easy on my pocketbook. I hope you folks got the second box of fruit by now. It should be there today, Saturday. All but me and two others out of my class were shipped out. I still can't figure out how I'm still here. There's usually a shipping order out every Saturday, so maybe I'll be on it if there's one. Miami is a very nice town. It's really swell there. Almost all the buildings are white. Well, it's hard to explain unless you've been there. There's only one Russian church in Florida, and that's the one I was at. It's a new church, just built. I met those little Russian midgets there. You know the ones that know Matushka and Father Pisa. I had a nice time yesterday, John. Too bad you couldn't have been with me because we went on a 25-mile hike. And brother, that was some hike. We get some nice workouts now. Calisthenics, obstacle course, cross-country, or two-mile run, baseball, boxing, and jujitsu. We got that every day so far this week. I hope you had a nice Russian Christmas. I also hope that you and Paul 
liked what I helped get you. I was going to call you folks on Christmas, but I figured Mom would just start to cry and it'd spoil her Christmas. Did any carolers go singing? It's 12 o'clock now, and I eat in half an hour. I just heard we got liver. The meals here are very good, but I do miss Mom's homemade bread. Tell Helen to save this picture of me. P.S. The guy who got knocked on his constitution when he pulled the trigger was not George Leach. P.P.S. Let's not get nosy about the pictures I got. Big brother, George. On January 7th, 1943, sent a postcard. It's titled The Magic City, Miami, Florida. The picture is an aerial shot of Miami with some large buildings towards the front of the picture and a lot of water in the background. At the top of the back, there's text that reads, Miami, the magic city, is so-called because of the population growth as follows. 1900, there were 2,000. 1910, 5,471. 1920, 29,571. 1930, 110,637. 1940, 170,877. He writes, Dear Mom and Dad, I got the day off on our Christmas, so I came here to Miami to go to a Russian church. I hope you all had a swell time. Did you get the second box of fruit yet? Your son, George. There's another postcard dated January 14, 1943. The front has a scenic street with an abundance of palm trees all around. It's titled Palm Lined Harrison Street, Hollywood, Florida. On the back he writes, Dear Mom, just a line to tell you not to write until you hear from me again. Tell anybody who is going to write to me the same. I don't know where I'm going. I got your letter yesterday. I'll answer it soon. Take care of yourself and don't work too hard. Your son, George. This next letter is in an envelope with a Myrtle Beach, South Carolina return address. The envelope is dated January 17, 1943, and the letter is dated January 16th. Dear Mom, Well, we finally arrived at our new base, and from the looks of it, we won't be here long. We left Boca Raton in trucks and went to Deerfield, a small town about four miles away, where we caught the train at 10.30 a.m. Thursday. The train ride to Jacksonville was quite gay. We had a lot of fun, and the best part of it was that we went to first class, so we ate in the diners. Big shots, that's us. There were only 15 of us. We arrived in Jacksonville at 8.30 p.m., about two hours late, and the train we were supposed to catch there was already gone. So we wandered around town, ate supper, and just killed the time. The train we got was the Pullman, and it left at 6.30 a.m. It took us through Georgia and up to Florence, South Carolina. We got there at 12.30 p.m., and we just missed the next train. So. We stayed in Florence till 9.30 a.m. the next day. That was a pretty nice town, in fact, real nice. We slept in the WMCA. Well, to get along with my trip, the train we took from Florence took us to Chadburn, North Carolina, and from there, we got another train back to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We arrived here at 3.30 p.m. We had to go to North Carolina to get the only train that comes here. So now I've been in 14 different states, but from the looks of it, I won't travel to any more because my next station is my POE point of embarkation. Don't write me any letters to my present address because I won't be here but a couple of days. I'll keep writing as long as I could. And if you don't hear from me for a long time, send your letters to this address. Private George Leach, 455th Bomb Squad, 323rd Bomb Group, ASN 3650027. 
APL 3556, care of Postmaster, New York City, New York. You know what that means, Mom. I'll be going across pretty soon. I'll go by boat, as far as I know, and I'll meet my squadron over there because they are flying over. As you know, I'm going to be a radio mechanic and I'll stay at the airbase and repair radios if something is wrong with them. And that's about all. So don't worry, everything will be okay. Tomorrow, we will get our last physical examination. We had our teeth checked today and mine are perfect. We're also going to get our clothes examined and what we don't need is going out. We can only carry 82 pounds of material. I'll have most of my pay sent home from now on because it won't do me much good wherever I go. I don't know where I'm going yet. Now, mom, I don't want you to be a softie. Just be a good mom like you always were and always will be. I'll write again tomorrow. How's daddy and the kids? Your son, George. January 25th, 1943. Dear mom, how's my girlfriend today? Fine, I hope. With me, all is okay. As you can see, we are still at this camp, although we are still expecting to move any day. So I don't know if you should write or not. If you do write, don't send any money or anything valuable. I got a letter from Mrs. Jackson today. I call her Ma Jackson, and she calls me son. It's really cold and eerie, she says. Guess what, Mom? Remember that kind of long hair I used to have? Well, it ain't long no more. It's about half an inch long. I got an overseas clip. Now every hour or so, I go looking in the mirror and have a good laugh. Sure does look funny. Just to prove I got it cut, I'm sending home a hunk of it. I got my steel helmet yesterday, so when I put it on, my haircut don't show. Did you get some pictures from Florida? I was having them developed when I shipped out, so I asked one of my buddies to get them and send it to you. I've had three shots while here so far. Yellow fever, typhus, and cholera. There is more to come. I was informed today that starting tomorrow, Private G. Leach was to go on KP. My first time in about five months. We went on a 10 mile hike today. Well, mom, what do you think of your daughter's engagement? Pretty good, eh? Just think if she gets married, John, Polly, and I will have a chance of becoming uncles. How about it, daughter? So long for now. How's daddy feeling? Your son, George. All right, time to discuss episode 10. It's a new year, 1943. While he's still not in war yet, it's obviously getting closer when he has to leave. As a result, he's dealing with constant first aid lessons and commando training. He also got a haircut, some shots, and received his steel helmet. Not only does all of this happen, but he also made his way up to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina from Florida. With missed trains and long rides, it sounded like quite the journey. There's a lot of uncertainty in his life. He was waiting to ship out and saw Miami shortly before leaving Florida. Now he's not sure when he'll be going overseas or where he'll go when he does leave. He mentions that he thinks he'll go over on a boat when he does depart though. I never really thought about how our country sent troops to Europe for World War II. Obviously some flew as he mentioned the rest of his squadron did, but it's pretty apparent some got there via water. With where we're at now in Gigi's letters, there's already a level of anxiousness as a result of being drafted, then sent to multiple train schools, He's missing his family and the irregular pay. With how long it would take, I can only imagine the trepidation an ocean journey to a war in Europe would induce. It's understandable his mom is worrying about him, but apart from all the military preparation, there was some news from home. His sister got engaged. He seems genuinely excited about the possibility of becoming an uncle someday. 
really get the news about wedding plans or just hear about it after it happens? How long will he be in South Carolina? And where will he go once he leaves? Find out on future episodes of Letters Home. While editing this episode, I realized Gigi talked about seeing two Russian little people at the church in Miami. He used a term that is now more widely known to be offensive. It was not until the later part of the 20th century that the majority of the population was made aware that the term is offensive when used in reference to people with dwarfism. I'm sorry if it offended anyone. I read the letters as they were written. This has been Letters Home. Letters Home features music by Scott Buckley. Music by Scott Buckley can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Thanks for listening and tune in next week to Letters Home.